this scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. Give me verse 12. Now, after LCPC, after a major conference, I always like to give you insight. So two things I'll be doing, you know, in this message, I'm going to be, you know, um, giving you admonition or instruction as to some of the things that you need to do after a major conference because when God takes you up in the things of the Spirit, there might be need for you to have emotional cushioning and then you might have to, all right, um, you know, rest at the same time, also appropriate the things that God has told you in that conference or told us um, into practice. Uh, the beauty of a conference is that you take some of the, you know, heat words. I refer to them just like you have heat tracks. You know, heat words, the, the words that came alive to your spirit, that flashes your spirit. So you take those words, you know, more into the place of prayer, and then God speaks to you deeper concerning them, and then you glean wisdom uh, from that word as to how to go about the application of what God has spoken to you. And that brings that, the impact of that conference into fruition. All right? So, you know, the beauty of a meeting is beyond, you know, just the powerful worship, the intense prayer, the um, heartfelt, you know, true worship, and the hot word and all that. So, but then the beauty of a conference is in its fruition in our life. All right, the productivity, the impact of the conference must be shown or must reflect in our lives. So as a steward, leader, minister, partner, um, so I have this admonition for you. And we urge you, brethren, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So we urge you, brethren, you know, to recognize, to honor spiritual authority. You know, honor, recognize, appreciate, celebrate spiritual authority over you. All right, people who labor over you. Maybe head of a unit, head of a team, head of the, head of the department or whatever, you know, the pastoral theme and all that. So you honor people, honor one another. It's an admonition, verse 13. And it says in verse 13, and to esteem them very highly in love, that is to honor them, for their work's sake, honor them. Be at peace among yourselves. So aside honoring spiritual authority, and you know you've been taught how to honor, you know, speak well of them, you are generous towards them, you give to them, you appreciate them, you intercede for them. There were four, you know, ways to honor our people in your life, so which we have taught before, just paraphrase them now. So he says that, um, you know, keep that scripture there, the verse 13. He said, and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. For their work's sake. Now, they are not perfect people, but for the work they carry out, you have to esteem them highly. That's what the scripture says. They are not perfect people. All right? They, you know, I mean, one way or the other, you know, you might have been disappointed by any of us, but the Bible says you esteem us highly. 
All right? So, you know, for the work's sake, not for our personality. All right? And he says, the next thing is be at peace among yourself. So what it means is that you have to be at peace among yourself. Make sure there is no envy, there is no offense in your heart, um, you know, within the brotherhood. Don't have it against anyone. Don't have any offense, you know, towards anyone. But, I mean, just, not just within the church, even outside. That's what the scripture teaches. You see that? So he said, among yourself, let there be peace. Because that's where the allocation of wisdom and impartation of grace is. So number one is honor. Number two is let there be peace. Yes, because by so doing, I'm going to show you something. By so doing, you are going to be stirring up the grace and the flow of the Spirit of God in our means to execute what you already started. Now we exhort you, brethren, one those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted. All right, these are very instruction. A very important instruction. Comfort the faint-hearted, warn those who are unruly, you know, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Yes? And it says, see that no one renders evil for, for evil to anyone. So that means you have to operate in the spirit of forgiveness, you walk in love. But always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. I mean, that's not disputable, that you pursue what is good for yourself. And the Bible says, not only for yourself, it should also be for all. Yes, and it says, rejoice always. And now, this is key as touching, you know, what God is doing in our life. God will not operate, you know, in a sad environment, in a very toxic, you know, atmosphere, in a very sorrowful atmosphere. It will only operate in a joyful environment. So he says that you have to rejoice always. I mean, look at it. One of the things that makes us sad is if somebody offends you, you know, I mean, you get disappointed in someone, um, you know, you just feel some people hate you or something, and then you start developing hatred and all. So once you're at peace with people, it's easier for you to be in joy, all right, or pretty. He said, let this be always. The scripture says those who sow seed, they sow it, you know, in so much pain, but regardless, they come back rejoicing, bearing their sheaves. So that is, they are able to harvest, all right, rejoicing. So it takes rejoicing to enjoy the harvest that comes through harvest rain. Yes, verse 17. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. That is the instruction. It says, pray without ceasing. That is, don't stop praying. Now, after conference, after you have labored, probably you have ministered, you have done one or two things, and then you just feel like, okay, probably you feel weak, you want to rest. Even in your, while you are resting, you should still pray without ceasing. You know, praying in tongues under your breath, you know, you've received so much, you have labored, you are the head of this unit, head of that unit. You can't wait to relax the scripture says, even where you relax, you pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing means pray all the time. You know, pray all the time. And I always like to say, we take break, you know, from praying to do other things. Um, we don't stop praying. Prayer for a believer is continual. 
All right, it's continuous. Every now and then, you're just praying in tongues on your, under your breath. Now, if you condition yourself at the start of the day, and that's how you're going to run through, God can easily drop, you know, insight, revelation into your heart, an idea that will be nurtured, it will be difficult for demons to come and uh, want to interrogate and engage such a person because your spirit is always, you know, revibrating and, you know, resonating with heaven. Pray without ceasing. This keeps you sensitive. It keeps you elated. It makes you continually spiritual because you've got to pray without ceasing. So Bible says pray without ceasing. Verse 18. Look at verse 18. Luke chapter 1, 18 verse 1, it says, men ought to pray and not to faint. Men ought to pray and not to faint. Glory to God. Men ought to pray and not to faint. So what Bible is saying is that you have to, you know, um, you know, pray continually. It has to be your way of life. You have to engage God to pray um, continually. All right? To pray continually. So now, um, in, in the next scripture, chapter 5, verse 18 now, verse 18 says, he said, in every situation, you know, no matter what the circumstances, I'm reading Amplify now, be thankful continually and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. No matter what the circumstances is. Sometimes you have received prophetic word. Sometimes you have received instruction. Sometimes we can even come up with a motto or slogan, like we say we are big, the revelation that came to us, you know, like that. The harvest is here, you know, the rain is falling, and then you see something contradictory, you have to have that attitude of gratitude, that you're always thanking God because you know that you know things are at work, you know, for your favor. Everything is working together for your favor. So you have to understand that, that things are working for my favor. Somebody say things are working for my favor. Now, if you, are, if you are watching online, can you say things are working for my favor? Glory to God. So you say, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. Now, this is where I'm going. Verse 19, said, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. That is, do not stifle the spirit. Do not stifle the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Now, do not quench. That is, subdue or be um, unresponsive to the walking and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what happened in the, when a conference holds like that and is concluded. Um, you know, the Spirit of God you know, has imparted us and all that. So he wants to do a continuous work. So while we have yielded ourselves as a living sacrifice, we've received a and we have received supply of the Spirit. So he wants to continue to do, you know, work in our lives. So what it means is that 
because you are now alone, so you face more challenges, you know, darkness and demons, depression, sadness, all those things wants to come and associate with you. You make sure you do not allow that because that will quench the spirit. So what it means is that it will bring you down into where you used to be before, all right? Probably you were in sorrow, you know, you were in sadness, you were depressed, um, you were, you know, disappointed at many things, you looked at your life, you know, probably in comparison to where you're supposed to be, you are not happy, and then when you came to the conference, you received that light, you received revelation, you received insight, and then you are really elated and fired up and ignited and on fire, and your faith is on, the, on another level. And so it says, don't quench that spirit. Don't quench, don't give room to devil. You know, Bible says, give no place to devil. All right? Devil is like a roaring lion seeking him to devour. You don't, he says, submit yourself to God and then resist the devil, it will flee from you. So not that they won't come, they want to come, but you must not give a place to devil. How? Heavenly morning, you pray in the Holy Ghost, you worship, you meditate on the scripture, you pray, you make confession of faith and declare into your days and you have that consciousness of always praying. You practice Christianity. That's, that's practicing Christianity. That's what it means to practice faith. That your spirit is always praying. Under your breath. Worshiping your spirit. You know, and then you just remember one of God's promises. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And then there is a song that is always playing in your spirit. You are singing it out. So, which means that there is no time that you are out of what I call worship or a sacred service. It's not until you get to church that you are now in service. You know, I'm in church, I'm in service. No, service is always going on in your spirit because you are the temple of the Lord. And that is why he cast, he caught a cane and, you know, you know really dealt with people who were selling and buying in the temple. For my house shall be called the house of prayer. So something is going on in your spirit all the time because your body is a temple of prayer. Praise God. Somebody say, my body is in the temple of prayer. So you offer up thanksgiving. You make sure you are at peace with others. You honor the authorities in your life. All right? You make sure you have a good relationship with people. And then you pray always, ceaselessly, without ceasing. And then he says, by so doing, as you give thanks to God, regardless of the circumstances, it might look like things are contradictory, you give thanks to God regardless and you keep your spirit elated and keep your spirit high. He says, then that which, that which God has proposed to do in the realm of the spirit will come to pass in reality. If you believe that, can you say amen? amen. So he said, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. You see that? Look at your neighbor say, don't quench the spirit. Something has started happening at LCPC, at Communion Festival. Don't quench the spirit. Communion, don't quench the spirit. It started at Resonance. Don't quench the spirit. God is progressive. He's continual in his work, in our lives. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, I know on, Monday, on Sunday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on, 
on, on Friday during the conference, we had a slogan, we are big, you know, we are, we are life, we are successful, we are still big. Glory to God. You see that? So that must continue to be your confession, you know, and when you remember that, you give thanks to God Almighty. Do not, you know, do not scorn or reject gift of the prophecy or prophecies, you know, spoken revelations, words of instruction or exhortation or warning. That said, do not despise the prophecies that were spoken. Don't despise those prophecies. Don't despise them. We are big, it's a prophecy. Prophetic is not just a slogan. All right? We're more than conqueror. We're alive. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're great. We're a great name. You know, those are just powerful words that God released. Rain falling upon us. Harvest is here. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Now, let, let me put a stop here. Then I want to go into the second of what I would like to share with you. You know, what I would like to share. So this will help you. What I just shared with you, you know, we help you. There are instructions that you have to be conscious of. We help you to be able to appropriate every other thing, making the most use of the remaining days of 2023. Because as you prepare for 2024, you must make the maximum use of 2023. This is how God works. If there are things you are yet to really explore in 2023, you have to finish God's blessings and God's exhaust God's grace and exhaust God's provisions and the blessings that he has blessed you with for 2023 in order to get ready for 2024. That's the way it works. And one of the blessings of 2023 is that God will open your eyes to see the secret of success, of blossoming, of fulfilling destiny in 2024. And that is your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So when you are praying in this thing, you are at peace with people. You know, you honor authorities in your life. You intercede for them. You bless them. You minister to them. You know, you are generous towards them. And then you pray without ceasing. And you are at peace with people. You correct those who are already deviating. He said, warn those who are unruly. And then you say, you are, you know, you are putting up with the feeble, the weak. You are helping them out. You are generous. You are kind to all men. You see the good of others so much as you see for yourself, seek for yourself. And then he says, with all that, you know, not quenching the spirit, you start seeing the effect of what God has started in your life. Let's go to Second Peter. Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1. I want to actually read from verse 1. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 1. Simon Peter, a born servant or a slave, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the precious, by the righteousness of God, of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, let me read here. He said, this letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ, I am writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you, you know, because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Now, this is to the brethren. The first letter that I read to you was the letter of Paul to the brethren, you know, at Thessalonica. Now, this is another letter to the brethren, all right? 
And then you can see um, the amplifier there. Why I read the NLT here? You see the amplifier uh, probably on the screen. Verse 2. He said, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Now, one of the things you need to know is that a level of grace is not enough. There is much more mayor that God can add to you. As may God give you more and more grace. Can you say amen to that? I pray that may God give you more and more grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, so what it means is that there is grace for marital bliss. There is grace for academic excellence. There is grace for business breakthrough. There is different graces, you know, that are meant to achieve different feats of my stone in God. And it says, may he grant you peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So there are things that growth attracts. It attracts a higher dimension of grace, and then it attracts a higher dimension. You always need, you know, deeper peace, all right, within you and in your environment uh, where you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Now, this is the truth. Growth in the knowledge, what it means is that the knowledge you've always had has been translated to understanding and to the end that it has become uh, you know, productive in your life. Probably it changes your character, the reformation or transformation that takes place, or at certain level you start seeing certain results and you know you can trace this to the understanding of certain things that you have gotten, you know, in Christ. All right, so that's what growth, you know, in the knowledge and, um, you know, and the grace of God actually depicts. Not that you are just, you know, growing and then you see that your character is, you know, transforming to the exact image of Christ. There are certain things that you outgrow and you drop. You lay aside with the things that used to matter to you don't matter anymore. You forgive easily. You are now having self-control. That's what growth, you know, depicts. And then you see that you are joyful. You know, I heard somebody sharing on Sunday, I think, or I heard somebody saying that this year has been very joyful, that he doesn't want to have any. And then, you know, there's a way growth takes you into that level because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Now, once you are growing, that thing begins to happen and it doesn't stop. All right? That things just have grow like that. And you see effects of that thing also in your life. God will now be committing bigger things to your hand. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You see that? By his divine power. We have received all of, all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. And I want you to take this. We have, as children of God, as sons of God, we have great and precious promises. And now we're not supposed to live our life as someone that has not been promised. If you, if you have ever been promised something and you believe in the capacity and the willingness of the one that promised you, I mean, the ability of the person and his willingness to do it. Those are the two things you need in anybody that promises you something. Does he have the capacity or capability or ability to do it? Then is he willing to do it? Or maybe the third one, has he done it before? Because you might need a track record of the person. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
the track record. Has he done it before? Does he have the capacity to do it? Is he willing to do it? Are you getting what I'm saying? And now when a man proposes to a lady, and I don't care how you propose, whether you kneel down or you jump up or whatever, well, you propose uh, to a lady, well, that's by Blake to propose, but how you do it might not be by Blake. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? So, but then um, it depends. So um, do the one that is applicable to you. So when a man proposes to a lady, that person has made his intention known. And what it means is that this person is actually willing to marry. It is no longer a normal, usual dating. The guy has taken a step further into marriage. That this particular relationship is, is I'm serious with this relationship. And for a woman to have said yes, meaning that we are not joking here. So what it means is that um, we have marriage in view now. All right? So that is a promise. And so a woman looks at a guy. The guy also looks at the woman, the, the babe. There is willingness there because she said yes. The guy proposed willingness. So what about the ability? So they look at their track record. When he says he's coming, did he come? Is he a man of his word? That's what those dating time and all those things are for. Is he a man of his word? Okay, if he says he's going to do this, has he, does he do it? If she says she wants to get this done, does she do So you look, you know, ability must be there, which is capability. Then the second thing is that there must be expression of willingness. All right? And the third one is the track record that shows both. The historical data you have of that person. All right? Of doing good to others. Those are the, so we have been given precious promises. Does God have the ability? Yes. Is he willing? Yes. Does he have that track record of doing great and mighty things? Yes. Both by Blicker and in our days. If you, be, you say amen. amen. So once those three things are in place, then you know that you know that you should be glad because you have access to the promises of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? I am the Lord that heals you. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. He took away our infirmities and bore our diseases so you healthy set. Are you getting what I'm saying? And he has the capacity to do it. So if there are things you need to sort out this year, I want to implore you to sit still, give God praise and worship him, and remember his promises. Worship him on those promises. Worship him, you know, because that's how you can maximize the year. Thank him for probably people that left your life. Thank him for people that, I mean, probably caused you pain. Thank him. Worship God for the disappointment you had. Worship him for the good things that you experienced. Bless his holy name. And then dance around that promises. Don't forget them. Call them to remember. Because sometimes some things, some revelations don't come to reality in our life because we can't even remember that he said 
those promises. Are you getting what I'm saying? That he gave us those revelations. Like, for example, you know, in entry this year, he told us a year of establishment that we will take root downward. So I'm not surprised. When moving us into, I mean, he started teaching us about harvest rain and moving us in direction. So you can see that when you are established as a person, then God can trust you with the weight of glory. The deeper your roots into the earth, the higher your growth, the more productive you become. Check most of those trees that have plenty of fruits. You see, they will have taken root downward before they start generating the fruits. So I see this year as a year where we are to take root downward. So get ready for fruitfulness next year. Glory to God. So get ready for harvest. Get ready for resource, abundance of blessings. All right? And if you know that your root is not that deep, this is still, we are still in the year where you can still cultivate and drive your root deeper in God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Personally, you can now go on fasting expedition. You go, you know, retreat, pray and fast and pray and fast, study on the word, study the word, meditate, and drive your root deeper. Sometimes when you see and have an idea of what God wants to do, and you go and prepare yourself for the harvest. There's a way you prepare for harvest. You see that? You clear out all the old stocks, so God will start giving you, you start giving you instruction to give out because he knows that you need space for what he wants to do. All right? So take root downward, be sensitive to God's instructions, and practice them. And these instructions are not things that just come to you probably, you know, you hear a baritone voice, my son, my... No, there are things that just pop up in your spirit. Sometimes it just comes to you as simple, as casual, as, you know, you know, bless this person. As simple and casual, like, read this book. As simple and casual as listen to this message. All right? Listen. You know, there are things that happens that you cannot, you won't know the reason until you have done it. When you obey that instruction, it might not make sense to you, but it's in obeying the instruction that it will make sense. I mean, how do you expect Moses to connect the dove between his rod and the parting of the Red Sea? He himself had to stretch it by faith and they saw the Red Sea Now, you know the Red Sea did not just part. The Red Sea parted overnight. It, it wasn't something that happened like you watch in the film. Like a magic, and people start passing. No. They were there. Fire was burning behind them. You know, pillar of fire was behind them, in between them and the army of the Egyptian army. And the Red Sea was before them. And the Red Sea was passing, and they were watching the wonderful work of God overnight. <laughs> Glory to God. So sometimes, when God even tells you to do something, it might not be something that will happen like a magic immediately, within seconds. It might be something that will be happening, taking like one week, two weeks. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then you just keep obeying. What makes someone a spiritual being is especially as a believer, is those little, little nudges 
that you obey. Preach the gospel. Somebody was sharing with me. He said, Pastor, can you imagine? You know, I went to do something somewhere or something, and the Holy Spirit said, don't leave this place without praying for them, preaching to them and all that. He said he was already going to say, Holy Spirit, please. <laughs> and he had to come and eventually do it. It might be difficult, but you have to do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those nudges within your spirit. Those nudges within your spirit. So, see, after a massive conference, maximizing the days, remaining days, obedience is key. Don't travel. Fast. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, okay, instead of praying two hours or one hour, the you do normally, double it. You pray before you sleep, Lord communicates to me. I need clarity on this matter. I need to, you know, being a serious believer is not something that is mystical or something that is vague and abstract or something that you just imagine, you know, you know, I'm a powerful spiritual being. No. God talks in a simple way. God relates. I mean, that's why Jesus Christ will come and teach powerful principles using simple illustrations. The kingdom of God is like a, a sower. Are you getting what I'm saying? So God can teach you lessons from things that you see around you. Are you getting what I'm saying? He can teach you lessons. So you see God passing across information and passing across, you know, those sensitive things to you. Somebody say, I have promises. I have promises. Yeah. And you know, collectively, one of our promises is that we get deeper and we produce fruit upward. The world is not interested in your depth. The world is interested in your fruits. Have you ever been to any tree? And what you are trying to get from the tree is the roots. No. What you are trying to get from the tree is the fruits. Nothing concerns you with the brand or CEO. Concerns you with the companies is their products. Is their services. What they render, the products, the goods. Praise God. The year they, were, they, they registered the company, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. Huh? Their MD is none of your business. Praise the Lord. Do you like what they offer is your business? How can I get to okay, have the purchasing power? I purchase what they hover and I disappear from the place. That's all. You might not even remember who sold whatever to you in the company. But what concerns you is the what? Is the fruit. Now, we must know that as believers, what we attract unbelievers to Christ is our productivity, our fruit, not the depth. But we need to have the depth first in order to produce fruit upward. He said, and the remnants of Judah, according to the book of Kings, shall yet, you know, um, um, take root downward and then bear fruit upward. And God gave me that scripture. And the remnant of communion shall take root downward and bear fruit upward. So that means multiplication is coming. Glory to God. Somebody say multiplication is coming. Glory to God. But the remnant must take root downward. Now, when we start with revelation such as that, one of the things that is very important in closing the year is that
that we must remember what God said as we close the year. And verse 4, and because of his glory and giving us great and precious promises, these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. Can you see that? Escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. All right? Let's not go deeper into all those promises. Said in this is where I'm going. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. So now if you are closing the year, make every effort to respond to God's promises. I remember somebody told me, say, you know, you preach, and then, you know, I spoke, I spoke, and then he said, after he just went to pray, and then God told him to go to a particular place. And then from there, his business started. And has been doing well now. All right? Just following the leading of the Spirit. Even while he got there, he still had to, be, he still had to follow the leading of the Spirit. Because God's revelation is progressive, you see. It's progressive. He told Abraham, take your son. He got there, wanted to slaughter his son. He said, hold on. I have a substitute. Praise God. I have a substitute. All right? So he said, make efforts, every effort. Now, just not just one effort. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Amplify says, for this very reason, apply your diligence to divine promises. Make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence. That is, what it says, moral excellence there is virtue. Moral excellence. Virtue. That is, this person has integrity. This person can be trusted, is trustworthy, is a man of his word. He handles and judiciously manages resources, moral excellence. He said, add to your faith, according to KJV or NKJV or something, add to your faith, virtue. So you're already operating in faith. Somebody say, I'm a faith being. So he said, with every diligence, make every effort. Please, as we are closing this year, make every effort hard better character, integrity to what you do. So let me tell you something. There are things that will never come to pass in our lives because God is going to use men for us. Once men can't have a good reputation of us, it's game over. So moral excellence puts men, all right, in a position to always want to always vow for us, vouch for us. Do you understand? Vouch for us. Always want to, you know, believe and also trust us because they believe that this person will deliver to time. This person will, you know, pay back the loan that the company is giving to his company. This person will always put integrity forward, moral excellence. You know, it's not someone that is saying is coming whereas is is running. It's not a dual personality. You get what I'm saying? It's not a dual personality. He says something now, you know, it's something else later. Even if things must change, you must always go back to table before the time agreed to be done. Even if situation is not 
looking like it's favorable to the agreement you have made, you must come back before that time elapses or the deadline and repropose an extension. Are you getting what I'm saying? Moral excellence must be added to your faith. There are a lot of faith being. I don't have moral excellence. I know people of integrity. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. I know people of integrity. And most of the time we make promises without substance. Why we fail at carrying out what we make as promises is because there are no substance that back it up. Somebody collects salary regularly, collects one millionaire, for example, you take something on credit, maybe 500000 or 800000 have a substance called salary to back it up. Are you getting what I'm saying? To pay back, say, at the end of the month, I'll pay you. And you know another substance, apart from the salary that comes, another substance, you, your company pays you on or before 25, 25th. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you can't be promising end of the month. There are some things that must agree as a substance you know, for whatever promises you are making or promise you are making. Are you getting what I'm saying? Number one, your company pays you. Number two, the money is more than the money you are supposed to pay. Number three, your company does not just pay you, they pay you to tie. So, so if you say end of the month, 29 is still end of the month. 38 is end of the month. I'm talking to you about moral excellence because most times, Believers, tongue-talking people always cause problems for themselves because the men God will use for them, once they can't trust them, is game over. And it's in little, little things. There are people that will be in high places and they are discussing in a board meeting and said, ah, who can handle this thing? Who can handle this thing? And you know that this person has the ability to handle this thing, but he doesn't have moral excellence. So you are careful to mention that name in that place. I still have a mail on my, on my, on my, yeah, this thing that, you look, we are looking for somebody, two people, from, one from the United States, from Canada. He says, somebody can do this, something. by the time I got to the first place, where he's gotten somebody, you know, and all that, because they know how I've lived my life. So they can look at me and said, you really with young people, you, had a, we know how you live your life, you can tell us somebody, who, and in what they wrote to me, they wrote long, Stuff and part of the thing they said is somebody that will not just you know go off, somebody that will deliver, somebody that will not be procrastinating, somebody that will have what I can call a professional ethics and integrity, moral excellence, moral excellence, moral excellence. Have you have you found out that there are some people that it's difficult for anybody to come and tell you anything negative about them? Moral excellence. More excellent. They are not trying to be holier than thou. It, it has been built as a character in them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Their yes is yes, like Jesus said. And no is what? No. Not that it's yes, no. Not really. We see all kinds of things now that you don't know where people belong. They say, no, really, no, really. Okay, well, 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 where is not an answer? No, really, it's not an answer. Let your yes be yes and your no. Get what I'm saying? Moral excellence. People need people that can be faithful. 
People need people that can be trusted. Gifts, talents, intelligence. Those things are not enough. Skill is not enough. They need people of character. Moral excellence. I hope that is clear. So let's take note of that. Moral excellence. Hmm. It says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. That is virtue with knowledge. So to your, to your faith, add moral excellence. Then hard knowledge. So what is this knowledge? That knowledge is that you keep updating yourself, keeping abreast of the facts on what is going on. Don't remain like an obsolete person. Don't be stale. Sometimes when I even go through certain spiritual exercises, 21 days prayer, you know, fasting, and then prayer nine day, all those things, and it looks like I've not checked what is in the news, I sometimes try to catch up to see summary or um, the, um, is it excerpts or something, of some of those points, the key points about the news, what's been happening, all right? So someone said, okay, social company just exited Nigeria. I said, eh, when did that happen? They said, ah, you don't know. That they are planning to exit by January. That they've made their pronouncement that what they want to do now is importation. So you could be busy that you are losing out on certain important information on the earth. You see, let me tell you something as a believer. You need revelation and you need information. The connection between revelation and information is meditating on revelation. When you meditate on revelation, you process it till you can translate it into useful information. And you get what I'm saying? And it becomes applicable. It becomes applicable. How do you want to apply my glory is in thee, my daughter? If that is revelation that comes to you now, ah, your glory is in me. Your glory is in me. And God just spoke that to you verbally. The territory ahead of you, I've given to you. And you look at your front. Ah, it's the Korodu you are saying. Praise God. I don't want to do. I mean, your spirit might be saying that. But you see, until you meditate on the glory, your glory is in me. The territory you have given unto me, the territory ahead of me you are given unto me. So you meditate that. You meditate on that word. God's so good, you find scriptures, all right, for that. You meditate on it. You pray more. You meditate on it. You might not understand it one, two, three, four days. Before you know it, somebody just come around and give you information. Now, don't forget I said, the connection between revelation and information is what? Meditation. Worship, thanksgiving, rejoicing. So, you'll be meditating and you are praying. Everyone knows that you have not gotten it. So, somebody just come and say, ah, you don't know. There's something in the paper. I don't know. I mean, I thought that something, it might be beneficial to you. That you have to, you can apply for so, 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 you can apply. And all of a sudden, it clicks in your spirit. 
you remember the territory ahead of you have given to you. Do you understand? So that's the connection. But when God speaks like the territory, okay, I claim territory, I claim territory. So most of the time, we put revelation aside and go after information, and then we are not able to get the information. Even when we get the information, we can't appropriate it because we are not connecting it with anything. That's supernatural. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. So there is a way you walk that when somebody comes and it's just a casual conversation, you can connect with what God has said. Do you get what I'm saying? You can connect with what God has said. There are certain times you just see some opportunity. Ah, you know that that promise that God said, this, this is it. This is it. This, you can recognize it. It resonates in your spirit. Then you go for it. Are you getting what I'm saying? In fact, you have more boldness to go for it because you have spiritual backup for it. You've gotten intelligence for it, supernatural intelligence. For example, God said, I have given you Jericho. And they got to Jericho, it was tight. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was tight. Do you know when those spies got there? You know they sent spies for? When those spies got there, they enter through the gate because the king said, the men that came in, Rehab. So those men, at some point, God said, I have given you Jericho. Their military intelligence led them to a prostitute's house. You see how God can speak. And when you meditate, I have given you Jericho, I have given you Jericho. So where is the entry point to Jericho? Because there must be entry points. That entry point is where believers miss the most. You get to Jericho, it also occurred to you. Let's visit this salon. You are just interacting with people, you know, people conversing, you know, you know, they are just exposing the whole city to you there. And you probably, you know, strike, you know, conversation with people, and then they start liking you and all that, and say, ah, can we visit your home? You know, blah, blah, and all that. There must have been something natural intelligence that pointed or confirmed the revelation, the spiritual intelligence that God has given to them. All right? And then they were able to probably open up to Rehab that we just came to check and blah, blah, blah. And Rehab said, because they opened up to Rehab. You know, Rehab told them that when you are coming to destroy, save me and my family. They opened up to Rehab. So that means there was a conversation that got to a point where two parties can trust themselves. Rehab, who happened to be a, another citizen of the fortified city, he was telling, she was telling them, say, ah, we heard what God did. Everybody is already panicking. Exposed the whole city, became so disloyal to our own city. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Realign immediately. But there will have been a conversation that led to that. You don't do that to a stranger. So those people came. Not, eh, eh, we have the word of the Lord. Eh, eh, Madam, don't say the Lord. We are taking over this place. You know, Macabrata, you can't cricket. No. They came naturally relating in the environment and they found a woman that could be the entry point. Rehab is the entry point to destroying Jericho. That is the truth. Nobody will have known that they are panicking. 
their city was actually fortified. Are you getting what I'm saying? That gave the Israelite boldness, even when God is not telling them the war strategy, move around the city and quietly move. And then on the seventh time, the seventh day, move seventh time and shout! That seventh day, they did a lot of work. Because they moved seventh time. And shouted at the time they were told to shout. And the war collapsed. Why they were doing it the first time? You know those people? They could have gone up and started shooting them. When those spies came back and said, God has given us truly. What gave them that confidence? Because what they found out when they went there. So is that the problem of believers is connecting the natural and the spiritual world. And that is why when you pray, when you meditate, you have to be looking for opportunities, loopholes, you know, in the world where you penetrate circles and penetrate, you know, industry penetrates territories. If you can get that, can you say amen? Amen. Aha. Knowledge, that is that knowledge, insights. I always say this, we are more or less like, you know, the Bible calls us the planting of the Lord, the trees of life, the planting of the Lord. In the Garden of Eden, Jesus was this, the tree of life was the type of Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so we have become the planting of the Lord, the trees of righteousness. So what does that signify? The tree tries by photosynthesis, you know that. So the light from heaven, whether you call it pigments or whatever, pigmentation, all those things, photosynthesis. But do you know that the tree also has a root down into the earth? So which means that as you are receiving revelation from God, the education of the earth, I mean, reading chemistry cannot take you to heaven. But you have to read it to become a medical, to become a scientist or an engineer or a doctor. So that means as you receive revelation from heaven, in a form of photosynthesis, are you getting what I'm saying, on the tree, you also gather information on the earth. You gather resources from the earth. You know, fertilizer, NPK, you know, all those phosphorus, whatever, nitrogen. On the earth, you gather those things. So at some point, the revelation, the photo, the light that comes from heaven, the word of God, the Lord is so, the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. The light, the revelation that comes, connect with the resources from the earth and become something that nourishes your system and you are able to blossom, to start shooting out fruits. Becomes productive. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So believers who only focus on reading the Bible alone will be irrelevant on the earth. We make heaven but will be relevant on the earth. And believers who only focus on earthly information, are you getting what I'm saying? I mean, miss out on a lot of eternal things. Earthly wise, you cannot even be that really relevant. You can't without Christ in a way, but it won't have eternal recognition and documentation. There are people who are giving to earthly information and they are blossoming and they are doing well naturally, might not be supernaturally or eternal wise, but it would have been better you connect the light from heaven 
the light from within, from the spirit, with the natural information. Even if you cook, read about those who are good cooks. It's natural, earthly information. Are you what I'm saying? Find out about how people exceed, um, um, uh, excel being hairdresser, hairdresser, in hairdresser. Find out how they excel, you know, in some of the things. Don't let us just take things too casual. Go and read about your profession, your career. Read more. Do you understand? There will have been people that have really blown some believers, unbelievers. For example, let's say architecture now. You see people that they say they are the one that designed the uh, Bot Khalifa, uh, designed uh, uh, Gerando, designed uh, uh, Mokita. Those places don't exist. I'm just giving you buildings that you need to go and design. Praise God. <laughs> Somebody can come up with a Jankarado building. Glory to God. Those are informations of the earth. So it says insight and knowledge. What are that? There are seven things that you had. Time is gone. It says supplement your faith. Look at it. Says insight and understanding. Amplify put it. It says with knowledge. And in, in your knowledge with self-control. Self-control. The more your resources, that doesn't mean the more should be your spending. Self-control. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Self-control. Self-control. It's amazing how people have more resources and their mouth is now wide. They say the mouth is now wide. Are, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take care of yourself, but don't overcompensate yourself is a defect of staying too long in poverty. Um, people who have suffered a lot cannot wait when they just see money like that to start. You see people that will move from buying 12 shirts, 25,000 and they will stash it they will dress up as if those shirts are sold for 25,000 each. Whereas 25,000 for 12. And they will move from that. How much is that? Say 1,500 or 1,000? Now, and they will move from that and suddenly just go to 80,000 shirts. Say, I want shirts. Say, say, how much? <laughs> One million. Ah. You have to look for where you are coming from. You look at why you don't overcompensate yourself. It actually shows when you don't grow gradually. It shows because you can wear eighty thousand dollar shirt as if you are still wearing. Are you getting? You see the polo flying like this. You know they will know something is wrong with your mind. It is not excellently. Do you understand? Put together. You yourself can not, might not be comfortable in that because you don't grow into it. You get what I'm saying? I'm not saying you can't, but then don't overcompensate. Don't, you see people are fast. That's what it's like somebody who fasted and is now hungry, wants to break. He's now over breaking. You know what I mean by that? 
It's now putting um, swallow with bread and with rice and okra. Do you understand? The mixture is a terrible one. That's what people do with poverty. Once they want to break through, like they said, no, no. Me that I was jumping uh, commercial buses. I want, I want, I want Maybach. Maybach. Yeah, Maybach. Bring it. And, and they can go back to the trenches. Haven't you seen that most of people, most of those Lotto winners, they go back becoming broke? Have you seen that most of those, uh, within a short time, have you seen that most of those footballers sometimes go back to be broke? Because how can somebody who was playing a local league and was any, any 100,000 naira, you know, per month, suddenly start earning 100,000 pounds per, per, per week? It will have affected you, you know what I'm saying? He said, now we're on top of the world. It's now chattering pain, pain, plane, flights. Chattering. Ah. He said, chatter. Hey, is he available? Ah. Calm down. And you know, see, they don't have people around them that advise them because they were poor together. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Some of them hope to go and meet people who have always been rich. And they have been steadily rich. I want to submit to your mentorship. I want you to mentor me. This is where I'm coming from. This is what just happened. This is what has been happening. What advice do you have? Then you see some of them say, ah, you know that this is a temporary thing. Create a permanent brand from it. Create this from it. The clothing line, the this branding line, uh, this line, that line. Before you know it, a footballer. Asked like about five different companies. He was using, he will be using his fame to push. He will be using his fame to make some other. You see, a footballer that is real estate, a footballer that have a clothing line, because very soon he won't be fit again to play. He can even have an injury. Do you get what I'm saying? Is that insurance? Ah. Insurance does not guarantee all these things. So they won't submit themselves. Self-control. Don't overcompensate yourself. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't overcompensate yourself. You must even deny yourself. As much as I like people to sow, you must invest and save. And save intelligently. Don't be greedy. Praise God. And to that steadfastness, to that, to that self-control, steadfastness, that's patience, endurance. He said, follow those who obtain the promise with faith and what? Patience. Don't always be in haste. That's one of the challenges of younger generations now. Everybody just wants to blow. Within two weeks of Riaza, they want their record sold on the streets. Within two weeks of Riaza. <laughs> and they, you, <laughs> you know, sometimes I, you, people who blow, eh? Let me tell you something. People that just break through, they have 
long history. I'm not saying that it has to take you that long, but they have a consistent, a consistent behind the scene labor. Night and day, night and day. You just see somebody blowing sacks. Do you know how many hours he has been putting it to? For you to master something, it will take you at least about within around 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. That's why when people do things for us in church, they should be paying us for allowing them to use us to rehearse. Not that church should be paying them. I know this might want to generate all kinds of guys here, these pastors, they come, you know, they don't pay honorarium, and they the life to take honorarium. I go preach in places where I don't demand for anything. I know, I, message is not for sale. But I'm telling you, you are using church to rehearse as a choir. See, it's 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. So each time you make mistake, you go back to rehearse and you correct yourself. It's also you're using to rehearse. Oh, should we wait until you are perfect before you come so that we can give you an honorary? So, and you know that I know. And I know that you know that you are using us for rehearse. You are using the church for rehearse. You are, you are just making it looking like you are doing God a favor. 10,000 hours. I know your mind now can use it. Pastor, you that you are teaching us too. Are you, <laughs> are you also using us for... I'm the one that got called. I have to respond to the call. Praise God. You are the one that is supporting me in this call. Praise God. <laughs> so whether I'm perfect or not, Bible says preach. Whether it's conducive or not, it's easy out of, it says what? Preach. It is a sing. Hmm. You see people who are hustling here, they will go and organize hustling business. They've done the riyasa and perfect it. It's here they rehearsed it. And they are not sharing the proceeds of their company with the church. Praise the Lord. Uh -huh. May God help us in Jesus' name. So the first thing to add to faith is worth. The first thing is moral excellence, virtue. Then the next one is what? The second is knowledge, which is insight. All right? The third one is what? Self-control. Self-control. All right? Things that you shouldn't do, don't do it. The fourth one is what? Steadfastness, which is patience. Patient. Please be patient. Don't be in haste. Don't be in haste. Um, be patient. Faith always requires patience. Bible says, run the race that is set before you with endurance. Laying aside every weight and sin that easily beset. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So which means that if Jesus is not moving, don't move. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can imagine the Israelites are not patient. While the Red Sea is parting, they just dive into it. And they part with the Red Sea. <laughs> you have to be patient. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I know the, 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 the English people say the patient dog hit the farthest bone. And the Yoruba people say that if the head stay for long, 
if the head is staying for long on ground, it will become a great destiny. And somebody has come and said, no, it's not true. If the head stays on ground for long, it will decay. Probably you have heard that before. And you can also say that the patient dog is a dull dog. He's not going to eat any bone. He's not going to eat any bone at all. But that is not by Blicker, but in a way it has a connotation that we can learn from. So what he's saying, and that's why we say that it's when Christ moves that you move. Are you getting what I'm saying? If Christ has not said it, don't go and claim it. If Christ has not given you, don't go and lay hold on it. I hope that is clear. So it's Christ that determines, uh -huh. not that you're just contented. I said, patient dog, he's the fattest boom. I might not be born at the end of the day. Praise the Lord. Aha. Uh -huh. There's no room for lengkwe, dengelo. Is that clear? Uh -huh. You have to be smart, and that smartness is according to how the Spirit of God is leading you. Go here now and possess the land. He says, when they move around, they shout, the wall will collapse, and they go. They went inside that Jericho and started killing everybody. You know, it's one thing for war to collapse, and it's another thing for you to face the battle itself. And so after the work, I said, ah, at last. I said, give me pan wine. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the end of the... Uh, <laughs> no, there's no room for all those kind of uh, complacency. What is the next one? He said, after patient endurance, steadfastness, godliness. That is living right. Living right. That's godliness. And godliness, brotherly affection. That is, you prefer others above yourself or you allow, you also think good towards the others. All right? Develop that affection. And the last one is love. Is that not love? Love for how many people? Everyone. Love for everyone. Look at the definition of love in Amplified Version. Yes, eh? That is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things to their benefits. Gossip is not to the benefit of others. You see, flattery is not to the benefit of others. Do you get that? Aha. Uh -huh. uh, Murdering, backbiting is not to the benefit of others. Okay? Um, fraud is not to the benefit of others. So let's, 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 if some of us, we don't know that when you say you take money, you will repay and you are not paying, you are not picking your course, you are not, it's fraud. <laughs> fraud me. Eh? Or you, you, you say you will deliver, and you are not delivering. It's fraud. Mm -hmm. So let's selfishly seek the best for others. Now look at this. Eh? For as these qualities are yours, if this thing be in you, that's NKJV, let me read the note. He said, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fall, fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they, were, they have been cleansed from their old sins. So their brothers and sisters work hard to prove that you really are among those who are called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. You see that? and God will give you entrance into. Can you give me the amplifier? Let me read the amplifier. 
Okay, let me read from verse 8. It says, For as these qualities are yours and are increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity, they will keep you from being useless. Can you see that? And so a believer can be useless and unproductive in regards to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind. Blind. So what, what, what is he saying? You won't be able to see, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth. So that means there are things that God will show you the truth, opportunities, the true opportunities and all those things. Revelation about himself, blind. Having become oblivious, to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. He can even forget that he might be having an identity crisis. That's what he's saying. All right? That he has been cleansed from his old sins. So the devil can be talking you out of faith, can be reminding you of your past, and be using that to, to, to deal with your present in order to corrupt your future. Therefore, believers, Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. For by doing these things, actively developing these virtues, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth and will live a life that leads others away from sin. For in this way, an entry is... That's why I read my Bible. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of God, Lord, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly provided to you. You see now. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We ask that you reach us in the knowledge of your word and cause your kingdom to increase by it. Prepare us as we cross into the new year, expose us to the secret, the truth about 2024. Help us to maximize to the fullest 2023. All the remaining miracles, testimonies, and wonder that should happen this year, they begin to, they happen to us. Within this short time, we have testimonies. Um, we are taking root downward. We are established, and we start bearing fruit upward. 